At around half three in the afternoon of November 5th, 2015, almost eight years ago, the Fundão Tailings Dam in the small Brazilian town of Mariana burst, releasing a torrent of iron ore sludge which almost entirely submerged the downstream town of Bento Rodriguez under a river of mud. This toxic sludge made its way into the Rio Doce, one of the most geographically, socially and economically important rivers in the region. The dam collapse contaminated the entirety of the 853km long river and the iron ore slurry made it all the way to the Atlantic Ocean 17 days later. It has gone down as the largest environmental disaster in Brazilian history. 19 people died, which considering the untold scale of the disaster was almost a miracle. But that is not to say that the human suffering was at all negligible. My name's Ewan Marshall, Deputy Editor of The Brazilian Report, and this is Explaining Brazil. like Explaining Brazil, you should subscribe to The Brazilian Report, the journalistic engine behind this podcast. We're an independent organisation funded by our subscribers, and you can help us stay independent and continue to produce award-winning journalism. And if you're already a subscriber, you can go the extra mile and join our Buy Me A Coffee fan page, and in return, you'll get exclusive perks like special newsletters and behind-the-scenes content, as well as a shout-out here on our podcast. And today, I'd like to thank our Buy Me A Coffee members. Tom Nolan, Marta Martins, Pam Ludwig, Leslie Seal, Caroline Hubert, Mark Hillary, John Thomas III, Louise Renz, Erwan Manais, Orlando Black, Steve Knapp, Aaron Berger, James Coney, Lars Vrieswick, Alastair Townsend, Peter Abramson, Jim Awofadeju, Michael Fryer, Miller Renacido, David Dixon, Jose Ozzy Stankovic, Emerging Market Muser, Yarden Iftak, Tonika Thompson, Anderson Da Silva, Kat Kramer, Peter Suffren, Anna Lund, and someone who wishes to remain anonymous. And our Buy Me A Coffee members come from all over the world, so please, if we are butchering the pronunciation of your name, do send us an email. If you too believe in the importance of independent journalism, and if you want to hear your name on our podcast, go to buymeacoffee.com slash brazilianreport and subscribe to one of the membership levels. Click on buymeacoffee.com slash brazilianreport to learn more. The burst Fundão Dam in Mariana was owned by Samarco, a joint venture between major Brazilian mining company Vale and the Anglo-Australian firm BHP. In the aftermath of the tragedy, Samarco was forcibly wound up for five years, but has since returned to operations in and around the region of Mariana. In 2016, Samarco, Vale and BHP signed an agreement with federal and state authorities in Brazil pledging to set up the so-called Henova Foundation to coordinate and carry out compensation actions. But the hundreds of thousands of people affected by the disaster have yet to receive proper redress. In 2018, international law firm Pogus Goodhead filed a case against BHP in the High Court of Manchester, England, on the behalf of more than 200,000 individuals and institutions. And now, the proceedings have turned into one of the biggest class action suits in history. To talk about the current state of legal comings and goings, today we're going to speak to Tom Goodhead, global CEO of Pogus Goodhead, and who is currently litigating the case against BHP. 
Tom, you first filed the claim in November 2018 at the High Court of England and Wales, and that request was denied based on jurisdiction. And then in July of last year, there was a ruling that the English court did have jurisdiction to try the case. So what were the grounds for that decision to allow the case to proceed in Britain? And how has BHP tried to push back against that? Yeah, so the, I mean, there are a number of different, number of different grounds that the Court of Appeal found that the uh, case should proceed in England on. Um, the first was something that we had, we had been saying all along, which was that, um, there's no such thing as an, an, an unmanageable case. Um, the, the, the sheer number of claimants, um, you know, there were 200,000 back then in, uh, 2022. There are now over 700,000. That, that's not a good reason that the case shouldn't be allowed to proceed. Um, in England, you know, the, the English courts, um, are equipped to cope with, with, um, you know, cases of any scale at all. So that you, you can't just, uh, uh, say that a case can't proceed because it's because it's too big or too complicated to be tried. So that was one of the things that um, was uh, was 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 held. Um, another was that the um, it just simply was incorrect to say that the case was what you would call an abusive process, um, or that um, in fact that there was um, adequate um, redress available in in Brazil um, or or outside of court such that the the case shouldn't be allowed to proceed. Um, the Court of Appeal, you know, found unanimously in that in that sort of 107 page uh, long um, long judgment that the vast majority of the claimants had only received very modest amounts of, of damages. Um, in this case, that you know, hundreds of thousands of people had received um, nothing uh, nothing at all. That delay was caused um, really as a result of um, these sort of inappropriate applications that had been made by um, BHP in order to seek to delay the um, proceedings. Um, and that there was, it couldn't possibly be said that it was pointless and wasteful to allow the um, proceedings to continue. Um, the court acknowledged that there was a um, real and legitimate advantage um, for the claimants and in being allowed to um, proceed with the action in England. And we'll definitely circle back to cover a lot of the points that you mentioned there. But one of the more recent developments we've seen in Brazil has been BHP's attempts to include the Brazilian firm Valley as a co-defendant in the case that it is ultimately convicted. How does that work? Is it possible that we will see Valley being made a co-defendant? Yeah, so it, it's, um, it is possible and they're, they're likely to be, I, I think it's probably more likely than not that they will be brought to the case, um, in England. Um, but that's an argument between BHP and Vale. The claimants aren't suing Vale in the English proceedings. That's basically saying BHP is saying, well, look, if we're liable, uh, then Vale, you, you've got to pay 50% of the bill effectively. That's what they're, that's what they're trying to, what they're trying to do. And BHP have also, um, said, you know, they said openly in court that, um, that Vale's presence, they believe w- would increase the chances of, this this case perhaps being resolved um, through negotiation rather than rather than needing it to go to trial. Now, uh, you know we we we're always cynical, and I think my clients are always cynical about um, anything that BHP does in this case because you know it's been going on for nearly for five years. The disaster was nearly nearly eight years ago now, and so there's always a, a cynicism that my clients express to me, which is uh, a fear that basically anything like this is just another attempt by BHP to try to delay the case um, even more because there was an attempt earlier in the year to um, put off the trial until, well, indefinitely, um, and at a minimum in July 2025. And, and the court rejected that. Um, and the trial is going ahead in, in, in October 2024. But I think there is quite a lot of cynicism, perhaps, about the, um, the, the bringing of Vale to the claim in England. 
And one of the things you mentioned in your first answer about the claim for jurisdiction was the possibility for redress in Brazil. Now, BHP are saying that the English case is a duplication because there is already the Hanova Foundation here in Brazil set up by Valley and San Marco to carry out the compensation programs. So why would you say that that compensation is inefficient and why was bringing the case to the English courts necessary? Yeah, I mean, it's just bullshit, basically, is what they, is what they, is what, is what they say constantly. I mean, I'll give you a, a practical example, right? The people that had um, no access to clean water um, for anywhere between you know, one one week to, to six weeks, give that give that range depending on where they lived in the Hiodoji. Um, they were being offered compensation by the Hinova Foundation of a thousand heish, around a thousand heish, which is about two hundred dollars, I think. You know, depending on, on where the exchange rate is. Um, there were subsequent court decisions in Brazil which offered two thousand heish per day compensation. Um, which so you know some people in Brazil had received you know. A thousand hairs from the Renova Foundation, their, their next door neighbors, um, might have, have received 20,000 hairs, um, as a result of the, of the court decision. So 20 times greater than what was being offered by, by the, by, by the foundation. We, we've, we've gathered data of over half a million of our clients here now. And we've also, um, had people like Kroll, um, the University of Sao Paulo, um, FGV. Experts from there analyzing the losses and looking at, um, the, sort of the average level of losses across the cohort. And the, and the average, the average number that, um, we had, that we had, um, come up with on our calculations was around 120,000 hairs per person. And that's, that's taking into account all of their, um, socioeconomic, um, damages, their, their sort of what we call the material and moral, moral damages as well. And so, you know, the, the Renova Foundation is basically what we call a liability shield. It was, it was set up by, um, the BHP and, and Vale, um, pursuant to a, um, a court uh, settlement in Brazil, something called the TTAC in 2016, which was homologated, but then was, the, the, was effectively sort of nullified, um, through a, a judicial procedure in Brazil. Um, and that was done, um, with the mining companies and their very expensively paid lawyers, um, really sort of, uh, working the, the, the mechanisms of, 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 of judicial, um, uh, judicial, the institutions of justice and others in order to try to, um, cap the liabilities. And that's why we call it a liability shield. They said, Oh, well, it's all been fixed. Um, you know, here, here, it, here it is. And, and by paying people, you know, effectively what would be, what would be pennies on the dollar in terms of what the levels of settlements are. Um, it, it's something they keep on saying, oh, well, full redress, full redress, full redress. Um, but you can say that, you know, as, as long as you're blue in the face, the reality is something completely, completely different. And one of the points that I think a lot of people unfamiliar with the case will want to know more about is the sheer number of claimants that are involved here. You've already mentioned that 200,000 at the beginning, and now there's well over half a million. So who are these claimants? Yes. So, I mean, over 700,000 people signed up, um, by, uh, the end of, um, the end of February 2023. Um, they are, um, you know, basically people from all walks of life, um, along the, the entirety of the Hiodochi basin. So they, they range from people who, um, were former inhabitants of, of Bento Rodriguez, the village that one of the, one of the, um, the villages destroyed by, the, um, the collapse of the, of the Fundai Dam, um, to members of indigenous communities, to, um, uh, fisher folk, to, uh, Hibarinos, to, um, me- members of Quilombola communities, to, 
um, former workers that at um, in Samarco to um, people that own posadas to um, people that you know sell sell fruits by the side of the road to you know, basically all, people from all walks of life, um, as well as uh, Brazilian municipalities, you know, and um, hundreds of businesses to public utility companies to, to churches. So you know, I always say for um, you know, for example, British listeners or. Um, American listeners, you know, you imagine a, a city the size of something like, you know, Leeds or Sheffield in the, in the, in, 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 in the UK, or you, you, you think of, uh, of somewhere, you know, a, a US, a big US city. Um, then that, that's the scale of this case. And, and everybody from, from people that are, you know, people in jail from uh, the homeless to super wealthy people like have participated. It, it's, it's a, it's an entire, an entire society, basically, and um, have brought these claims. Yeah, so you have everyone being affected in different ways. Yeah. And so the total being requested at the moment is £36 billion. Is that correct? That's correct. Yeah, that's correct. And is that the biggest class action case in the courts of England and Wales? That, that we're ever aware of, both by 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 volume and of the number of people participating and, and by value. And, and that's that, that doesn't bring me, give me any pride. That's, that's just that. That's that. That's just indicative of the scale of this disaster. It was the you know the largest environmental disaster in Brazilian history, and you know, sadly, Brazil is a, a country I, I I love, and I'm sure you know, listeners to your podcast do as well. Um, but it's also a country you know which is blessed by by the natural resources curse of both both having um you know extraordinary levels of natural resources, but then also um you know extraordinary um uh, levels of, of environmental degradation as a result of um the, the extractive industries, and then so. You know, Mariana is one of a, a litany of environmental um, disasters over, over over the decades, but um, by its scale, it's 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 the worst by a long way. And if we can just circle back quickly to the Hinova Foundation, uh, BHP claim that they have spent about thirty billion reais already on redress and compensation. Will that play into the decision of this case? You know, would the English courts consider what has already been paid in Brazil when it decides on the final reparations? Yeah, I mean, they, I, I don't, you know, disbelieve them. They, they have, they have spent billions of hairs, um, that the foundation has, you know, and that, that's money that comes from, from, from ultimately from, from BHP and Vale and, and, and Samarco. Um, but it's a drop in the ocean of, 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 of the true cost of remediating this disaster. You know, the, the Brazilian public prosecutors estimated the cost at 155 billion hairs back in, back in, back in 2016. And of course, you know, inflation has been, has been, has been running at the, the rate that it runs or interest, the rate that it runs in, in Brazil, 10, 12% per year, um, since then. So, um, yes, they may well have spent 30 billion, but seven or eight years later, they've probably spent, you know, less than a, less, a, less than a fifth, um, of, of what the true cost of at least trying to remediate this, um, this disaster is. So, I mean, that's not something to be proud of. That's actually, you know, it's an embarrassment that that's, that that's all that has been. Um, has been expended. But as so far as it relates to this case, then people can't be paid twice for the same losses, right? So if they, if they have already received, um, some compensation, depending on the nature of it, then they would offset that against whatever they would recover in the scope of, uh, of the, of the English class action. But, uh, yeah, I mean, the, the, the number doesn't, doesn't, I, I think it, it, it shouldn't be something which, um, the Renova Foundation or BHP take, take any, um, uh, credit for having expended. It's 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 far less than should have been expended. And Tom, just before we finish off, what message do you think should be sent to BHP and Valley in the wake of these proceedings? 
I just think the, the, the thing is, is that, you know, the, this case is, this case itself has been dragging on since 2018. You mentioned November 2018. Um, you know, and that was, that was, that was three years after they, after the disaster. We're coming up to the eighth anniversary, um, this year now. And something that we say is, you know, the, we, we don't bring this case because we want to be bringing it, right? It's not, it's not something which, um, brings pleasure to be dragging out legal proceedings of this, of this scale and nature. It would be far better for all of those involved. Um, to be able to try to resolve things um, with BHP, with Vale, with others, and to be able to move on with their move on with their lives. Like I don't, I don't recommend litigation to anybody, but it, but it's got to be on a basis which um, at least approaches a, a fair measure of, of of what was lost and, and what remediation work needs to be done in the future. And it's not just monetary, you know. It's also an acceptance and admission of a of, of fault and what what went wrong and. And, and looking at, at conduct in the future. So something I always say um, when given the opportunity to um, media outlets or anywhere else, I say publicly is, you know, it's time for BHB to do the right thing, basically, and and, and, and Vale as well. Um, and to try and uh, bring this to a close through um, sensible negotiations um, in order to allow people to to, to move on. And, and, you know, I think that if they, if they truly believe um, what they say about being good corporate citizens and, and the ESG values that they espouse, etc., then then that ought to be what happened. And it, and it hasn't happened yet. Thanks, Tom. That was excellent. And we'll be sure to be in touch again soon. And if you'd like more background on the Mariana disaster, be sure to check out all of our articles on Brazilian.report. If you like Explaining Brazil, please give us a five-star rating wherever you get your podcasts. It only takes a second and it'll help us reach a wider audience. Or better yet, subscribe to The Brazilian Report, the journalistic engine behind this podcast. We have a subscription-based business model and your memberships fuel our journalism and keep us going and growing. Thanks to our subscribers, we have been able to cover Brazil and Latin America extensively and our work has won and been shortlisted for several international journalism awards. More recently, our newsletters won the best newsletter prize in the Americas from the World Association of Newspapers and News Publishers for a small or local newsroom. And in order to keep doing that work, we need your support. So go to brazilian.report slash subscribe. I'm Ewan Marshall. Thanks for listening. And Explaining Brazil will be back next week.